You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Scotland. Two commits this week, one early this morning at about 10 o'clock. Caleb Berry, the running back out of Lufkin, Texas, dropped his video, announced his commitment to University of Washington. And earlier in this week, we got sent scrambling by a COC Finale, who never, nobody had ever heard of. So uh, upcoming commitments possibly in the next couple of weeks. Coaches taking some time off. Time to do a podcast with Scott and just kind of update you guys with what's going on. But earlier this week, Scott, Siosi out of Renton High School. By the way, do you, I think I talked to you about this. The last player to play football at University of Washington on scholarship from Renton High School. Do you remember who it was? Yeah, you, you told me yesterday, so I won't take credit. It was Chance it was Bogan. Cur- or Curtis Bogan. Sorry, Curtis <laughs> Bogan, yeah. Chance Bogan's little brother, who uh, evidently is turning out to be quite the player, but uh, son, son. yeah, yeah. Tell people just when we saw this, what was your first reaction when you saw the name? It was it equivalent to when we saw the deep snapper commitment or guard memoir? What was your reaction when you first heard? Well, well, when when I heard that he had been offered, um, I was like, is that the guy that somebody called me about? Um, during the, I think it was back in early May. And then I was like, yeah, it was. And I was like, oh, Washington offered him. Wow. I, cause I knew Washington had kind of started to look at him back in May, but I didn't think it was anything, you know, at that point we still thought there was going to be, uh, team camps where kids could come and work out in front of coaches and everything like that. But those have all been canceled. And so, uh, you know, I thought we would eventually see him, so I didn't really do anything about it. I didn't put him in the database. I didn't do anything, and Brandon, of course, has given me some crap about not putting him in the database. But, I, you know, I I didn't put him in the database, but I knew Washington was kind of interested. I did not think he would get an offer at this point. I did not think that he would commit at this point. I thought, you know, th- this kid from Renton, he doesn't, he probably isn't on anybody's radar is what I thought, and that turned out to be the case, so... Um, when he decided to commit, yeah, it kind of sent us into a bit of a frenzy. We all kind of had some, well, not we all, I I know I did. And I know Huffman, we both had kind of a connection and so did Ryland, uh, Spencer from the Cascadia prep site. And we all kind of had a connection to, we had a phone number for his coach and, and we could talk a little bit about that. But as far as actually getting a hold of him, yeah, we, we still haven't gotten a hold of him, but, uh, not a surprise that Washington liked him when you watch his film. When you when and when you know that he's about six three six four two hundred and eighty pounds two hundred seventy five pounds whatever he is, you know, and you watch him move and how explosive he is and things like that, you gotta you can understand why the Husky coaches liked him. I just thought that he, they would wait a little while, but there's rumors there might not even be a fo- high school football season here in the state of Washington this year, um, and those voices are growing a lot louder so maybe washington just figured hey we're not going to get to see this kid much more than we've already seen him and we like him so let's get him in the boat and not worry about him anymore tell me what you saw on film scott 
Well, I saw an explosive guy, a guy with a great first step. He 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 has very little in the way of technique. And this isn't any kind of bag or or uh, you know put down of the coaching that he's getting at Renton. But I mean, very few kids get great coaching at the high school level. And and when I say great coaching, maybe they get great coaching for the high school level, but they aren't getting it at, from a development standpoint. And and you know he's just real raw. And and you know Kim, you and I talked, or you talked to his coach. Um, right after he made his commitment, his coach said, yeah, he didn't even start playing high school football. I'm sorry. He didn't start playing organized sports until he was a freshman in high school. And part of that's because his family, what they came over from Samoa and things like that. And they, they've kind of traveled around, they had businesses in different areas. So they've kind of moved around a little bit and he just never had a chance to get involved in organized sports. And now he's a four sport player. I think he, he plays, football he plays he does wrestling he does track and field which that's more just to kind of stay in shape and then he then he plays rugby so this guy's an active kid big athletic you can see how light he is on his feet for how for the size that he is very impressive and and a hidden gem you know he's he's one of these guys that really fits the mold of a 2020 football recruit it from the standpoint that He's a boomer bust type. You just don't know what you're going to get because you haven't seen a lot of him. We haven't seen a lot of him in person. And then he might not even have a senior season of high school football. So it could be real interesting to to see how a lot of these kids work out. But uh, the upside on this kid, I think, is, a, is, is what really brought Washington in and said, hey, let's take a chance on him, see if we can develop him and see where we can take it. And a lot of people are going to say Renton plays in a terrible league, which they don't, which they do. They're going to say that the competition isn't very good, and it's not. But there's still tools there that you're looking at, regardless of the competition. You're you're looking at size, you're looking at speed, and you're looking at effort, for example. And one of the things that really impressed me, and one of the things that the some of the other scouts who are more familiar with him have said, take a look at the way he chases down the football. He's not taking plays off, and he's playing on both sides. He was all league for both sides of the ball. But just take a look at the way that he will chase a ball carrier downfield, across the field, and also his ability to change directions. Take a look at that, his start and stop motion. And, you know, his coach told me he's 6'4", 277 pounds and weigh in the other day. So this is not a small kid you know, asking a couple of other people, what position do you see him? He said right now he probably plays on the edge on the offensive line. He plays guard and tight end, but uh, expect him. And they kind of laughed and said, take a look at his frame. He's going to eat himself into a defensive tackle. And one of the things that somebody told me, you know, and you hate to throw these comparisons out. I hate it when people compare people to like a Steve Entman. I'm not going to compare him to a Steve Entman, but somebody said he has a lot of the same tools as a smaller version of Vita Vea, specifically the way he chases things down. So um, I think it's going to take a couple of years for this kid. He's obviously not played a lot of football, but Scott, I talked to you about, you know, Caleb McGarry on the offensive line. Caleb didn't, he never played offensive line until his second year at university of Washington. He was a defensive lineman and um, he, um, you know, uh, was moved over after an injury his freshman year at Washington over to the offensive side of the ball. And he didn't have any tools, but he started without any tools. Um, you know, so I think that um, a guy like this, and you tell me if I'm wrong, he has no bad habits, but he's got all the tools that you look for. Oh, absolutely. And that's, 
But you know, when 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 you're projecting guys, obviously you'd like guys to have a little bit of polish and and know a little bit about what they're doing. But when you see a guy who's six four, two hundred and seventy five, two hundred and eighty pounds, who can run like this guy does, um, has the small ankles. He doesn't have those big heavy ankles that some of those linemen have and he can run he runs on the ball of his feet he, he's explosive all those different things you're like man this guy's got all of the physical tools that i'm looking for now i just need to teach him technique well pretty much any coach worth his salt is going to say i can teach this kid how to do you know extend his arms how to fight off guys how to hand fight how to use leverage how to you know what he needs to do from a scheme standpoint and things like that so I, I think if you get all those tools, you could. He might only be a two-star recruit because there's so many guys that are so many, so much better developed than he is. But you know, when when Brandon Huffman and Greg Biggins and Blair Angulo and a lot of these guys go out and and they have to make these judgments on these kids, all you can do is judge. You know, you you can project and you have your own opinions about what they're going to project like. But, you know, it's it's merely a projection. And I think Greg and Brandon and Blair and and um, I'm drawing a blank on the national guy um, who does who does a lot of stuff. Um, but, you know, all these guys that do all the, these evaluations and rankings and things like that, I think 24 sevens are the best you're going to get. And they do a really good job and it's a really hard job to do. But they're going to miss on guys every now and then. And. It, it, it isn't because they don't know what they're doing. It's because maybe they don't see the projection that the coaches do. And since the coaches are the ones who actually get them in and work with them, and it's really up to the coaches to be able to do it. This is It's almost like, you know, we'll give the guy a three-star ranking and he could turn into a five-star player because the coach teaches him how to be a five-star player. Because there's some guys who come in as a high four-star, low five-star guy, and they come out of Texas – and well, Texas has very good high school football coaching. And so a lot of these guys come out developed. And one of the reasons why Texas struggled so much in some of those late years of the Mac Brown era was because he would get all these great prospects, you know, these big 6'4, 290 pound offensive linemen. And these guys would be rated really, really high and he'd beat them all out. And then they didn't develop any further because they didn't, they had already developed so much from a, from a, um, technique standpoint. And so the reason they were dominant was because they, their technique was awesome, but then they get to college and there's guys who are bigger, faster, stronger with just the same kind of technique and they fall by the wayside. So, you know, it, it's just, it's such a, uh, um, a precarious situation that the evaluators, um, for websites like what we, what the network we're part of, you know, that they have to do. And eventually, you know, you're going to miss on one. I'm not saying they've missed on this guy. They could be completely right that we didn't even know. I remember um, asking somebody, uh, have you ever heard of this kid from Renton? And, and the person goes, Renton? Really? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> so, I mean, Renton just isn't a spot that produces a lot of talent and and hasn't over the years. And um, there, I guess, uh, you know, somebody went back and looked in the database and the last Renton prospect that had been put into the database was from 2000. That's 20 years, Kim. In, into you know, the um, database, not offered, yeah. not recruited, in the database. Yeah. 
And and now, granted, Rylan uh, Spencer wasn't part of the network back then because he said, "I, I, there's a few guys I probably would have put in and during that time." But he goes, "None of them were big time guys. Most of those guys were going D three, D two. So, and that's if yeah. they had the grades. The one thing about Renton that people need to consider is there's, you know, the some of the demographics down there." They're great athletes, but they don't have the grades. And that's why a lot of kids get passed over down at Renton. Same as me, you know, in my years at Renton High School. Yeah, yeah. Tremendous athlete. With, yeah. Tremendous athlete. I just didn't have the grades. Yeah, it's not what you told me, but okay. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> One other thing, you know, a lot of people are saying, why couldn't they have waited on this kid? Why wait? I yeah, mean, why? The, the, I, I mean, let me, because, Scott, if this kid's out on the camp circuit, He's getting offers, okay? Mm-hmm. And we've seen this before where a kid flies under the radar, and then all of a sudden, you know, Washington starts paying interest. His name gets out there. And then before you know it, Cal, Arizona State, Oregon State, Utah, all of a sudden they come sniffing around. And all of a sudden, now you've got some competition for a guy you really like. Now it's harder Now it's harder to get a guy that you should have gotten pretty easily. So, yeah. um, and and the other thing is, you know, people offering Siosi Finau and taking his commitment now did not take a spot from anyone that any of these complainers want on the team. He did not take that person's spot. Trust me, Jacob Schuster's still in play. JT Tuimalau is still in the play. And honestly, those two guys were in play before Siosi Finau. So, you know, those were the two most realistic guys. And... And that Washington had a chance with, and and they still have a very good chance with them, and they will take both of those guys. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah. Like I said, you know, if you didn't know anything about this kid and, you know, you were just watching film or five guys and you were watching some film of three-star, four-star guys and this guy's thrown in the mix, you're not going to be able to decipher one that's got offers and one who's got 15. I mean, if you just looked at film blind, and Fanal was there, Schuster was there, and uh, a couple of other guys. You know, I, I defy you to tell me which kid didn't have the offer. You know, I, I don't think you could. So, um, you know, his ranking, he will get a ranking. It will change. And, uh, you know, the coaches don't recruit on ranking, Scott. You know, no. Some of the- <laughs> well, and that's what they always, what that, that's the thing that always makes me laugh. And, and uh, I always, I always talk to other, uh, rankers and experts like you know in the recruiting circles and we always say the same thing the coaches always poo poo the rankings until they get a five star yeah and then they're more than happy to promote those five stars so 
yeah, just it is what it is, you know. And and you know what, the coaches, you have these coaches, their salaries are based on getting the players in that can help them win. And if they think that this guy can do it, I think Kaika Malloy, I think Pete Kwiatkowski, I think Scott Huff to a certain extent because he really liked him as an offensive lineman. And uh, Jimmy Lake, I think they've earned uh, fans' trust in bringing guys in. Speaking of recruiting the rankings, Keith Boniface seems to have a um, a blueprint for what he wants out of a running back. And with the commitment of Caleb Berry, boy, he's got some big running backs all of a sudden. But uh, Caleb Berry is about 6'1", maybe, and well, we've got him in, Yeah, we've got him 6'2", in our database. He, you take a look at his frame and his workout. That kid's going to add weight easily. Oh, easily. easily yeah. But yeah, yeah, tell me a little. How long have you been sitting on this commitment, Scott? Uh, about two weeks. Two weeks <laughs> that I've been sitting on this. I mean, the kid. I called the kid just randomly because I was like, "Hey, I hadn't talked to Caleb Berry for a little while, so I thought I'd give him a call." And to my surprise, he actually answered. Most guys will either call me back or I'll have to send them a text and tell them to call me or they'll, or they can, they'll say, Hey, give me a shout or whatever. And so I just randomly called him and he goes, um, yeah. Uh, he said, I'm going to, can I tell you something, you know, and not keep it off the record. And I said, sure. What, what is it? And he goes, I'm committing to why I've already committed to Washington. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, I just wanted to lock in my spot and I knew where I wanted to go. And, and coach, you know, Bonifaz is my guy and, and everything. And I said, okay. So then we started the process and Kim, you and Chris have been kind of involved because you guys asked me, gosh, I want to say almost every day <laughs> what was going on. And, uh, I just said, Hey, he said he's committing and, or he's already committed and he's just waiting for his video to drop. And he filmed it last week. And cause I thought it was supposed to be, he was supposed to commit on Friday and he goes, no, no, I'm doing my video today. I, I won't commit until Monday. And then I said, okay. And then, then he texted me on Sunday and he goes, looks like it's going to be Tuesday morning. And I said, okay. So Tuesday about nine o'clock, I said, Hey, uh, are we all set? And, and he goes, actually, it'll be on Thursday. <laughs> I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Come on. So um, so then he puts it out this morning. And, uh, I mean, Husky fans should be really excited. This kid, I, I don't want to say he was overlooked. It's hard to be overlooked down in Texas because everybody goes to Texas and, and, and offers kids and looks at kids and everything. He was down to kind of Nebraska and Texas Tech and Washington. And Washington was just the one that he wanted to go to. And he has never been up to Seattle before. And that's the unfortunate thing about this COVID stuff is he might not even be able to take an official visit. They're talking about not even doing those. I, I did talk to someone up at UW and they said they might not have it and allow official visits until after signing day. You know what I'm saying? So you could be looking at them opening up official visits for these kids to come up like after signing day in February, because if it, you know, not, I don't want to get into the whole COVID thing and everything, but they're talking about possibly having a vaccine early part of the art part of the year and everything like that. And it, there's a, there's some thinking that the NCAA will open things up for kids to come and visit high school. He was at uh, produced Des Bryant, a couple of NFL guys from uh, the sounds of Gabe Brooks, who's down in Texas. Yep. It sounds like the competition he's playing against is actually pretty good. Yeah. It's six a, 6A football down there in Texas. So, and you know, Kim, it was funny because you and I earlier this week we were talking about where Lufkin was. 
And yeah. and if people don't know the geography of, of Texas, which I didn't, I had to look it up. It is between Dallas and Houston, but it's not direct. It's not a direct line between Dallas and Houston. It's like east. you go east. east east of Dallas and north of of you know Houston, and that kind of makes a nice little. <laughs> it's closer to Louisiana yeah. than it is Dallas or Houston, yep, and it it's almost it Louisiana. Is. So yeah, yeah, and the. And the funny thing is, is every time we talk to Levi on on who's basically from the, from the uh, Houston area, he has no desire to go back there. He just absolutely hated the heat and the humidity. And what's funny is, you watch us getting a little bit of a foothold. These guys that just do not like the heat back there because that heat and humidity can be pretty brutal. They love the Seattle weather compared to back there. Yeah, that was one of the things uh, for anybody who reads my um, my uh, uh, getting to know you series that I do on all the commits and signees um, for the class. And um, there was only I've had one either one guy or two guys say that they're going to miss the heat. But everyone else that was from either Arizona or Texas or or. Um, or Southern California, where it gets really, really hot. We're talking in the triple digits during the during the summer. They were like, "Yeah, yeah." Camp, I've heard camp is when it's like it's like eighty degrees for camp. Yeah. <laughs> One guy said, "I might wear a turtleneck." So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it was uh, pretty pretty humorous. He, and uh, but a lot of these guys are just looking for honestly, Kim. Just I've I've talked to some people who are pretty close to people to some of the players around the program and everything. And these kids just could not, they were chomping, chomping at the bit to get back up here and get back to work. And uh, I really hope there's a football season this fall because these kids really, really need it. Junior Alexander, Jabez Tanay, the two wide receivers from Kennedy, Sam Hewitt's uh, receivers expected to announce here in the next few days. What are we expecting, Scott? Uh, well, I've put in a... Um, a crystal ball uh, pick for Jabez Tanay uh, to the University of Washington about, I want to say it was a couple months ago, might have been even three months ago, um, that I put in the pick. Um, I've left it at an eight. I still feel very comfortable that he's going to the University of Washington. He's making his decision on Sunday, and I think Washington's going to be the choice. We'll just have to wait and see. And then Junior Alexander, the, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. If I if I was looking at both of those guys, Junior Alexander would be the guy that I probably, if I could only take one, Junior Alexander would probably be the guy that I took. That is taking nothing away from Jabez Tanay. He fits a great role at the University of Washington. They want him to play slot. But Junior is a more dynamic receiver. The problem with Junior is that you have Emeka Egbuka, and you have Troy Franklin, and Troy Franklin is committed to Oregon. I get it. And it's not going to be easy to pry him away from Oregon. But make no mistake, he is he is still very much in play, even though he's committed down there. They're and, so, they didn't just shrug their shoulders and go, that yeah, sucks, and stop no, calling. No, 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 no. So Washington is, you know, with Jabez Tanay, they might just take one more wide receiver unless it's Troy Franklin or Emeka Buka who wants to be the third. So um, I, I just I think that Washington just looked at, at Junior Alexander and said he's a good player, but we think we can do better outside and we've got a better we've got a good chance with guys who we think are better. 
And so I believe that when it's all said and done, uh, he's committing on July 15th, I believe. And I believe he's going to select uh, to go to Arizona State. And I have put in a crystal ball pick for Arizona State. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Do you think it was one of those situations with uh, Tanae and Alexander? We'll take either one of you, whoever commits first. Um, No, I don't. I don't think that's what it was. I think, I think that, um, I, I think that Washington liked uh, Jabez as a in, inside wide receiver, and that's why they're taking him in there. All right. So if I told you that you had to get a hold of one guy today, and it was Cioc uh, Finale or Jabez Tenay, who would you be able to get a hold of? Well, I think I live closer to Cioc. So I'd probably drive to his house. <laughs> so no, neither one of those guys are very easy to get a hold of. Now, Jabez has taken my phone calls before. I've never talked to COC. So maybe Jabez would actually pick up the phone. I don't know. But uh, it's both of those guys are very – Jabez, from everything that we've heard, schools were having problems getting a hold of Jabez today, and his teammates were having troubles getting hold of Jabez today. So – uh, it's young kids don't like to talk on the phone. It isn't even that. Just some guys are squirrely, man. They just they don't like talk. They don't like connecting with people. If, if they want to connect, they'll connect. If they don't, and somebody ta- wants to connect with them, they're like, yeah, I'll get back to them later. With the commitment of uh, Caleb Berry, how many commitments is that now? So that gives Washington twelve, assuming I am right, and Jabez Tanay ends up committing, and he's number thirteen. That leaves only seven or eight in the class that they're going to take. Numbers are filling up. Very, very tight. Very, very tight. And then you look at, okay, so let's say let's say there's seven spots left. Well, you know JT and Emeka have spots, right? Yep. Troy Franklin has a spot if he wants it, right? Yep. Okay. Then you got Jacob Schuster, the, the D lineman out of uh, Tumwater. I believe he's a take for Washington if he wants to come here at the University of Washington. So that's another one. That's four. Then you got Owen Prentice. He's a take. That's five. You got, um, you've got uh, Veltre Jefferson the, out of uh, California. He's an outside linebacker prospect. That's six. And then uh, you Tight yeah, end. you still need one more tight end, and that's either Brock Bowers or possibly a so guy by the name really, of – Really, really going to go there, Scott? Yeah, I, I am. Really... I will go there. I will go. go there. Maliki Matavao. You know, don't kid yourself. Washington is still recruiting him, and I think they've got a decent shot at reeling him in um, when it's all said and done. He's committed to Oregon currently, and once again, very – you know, Oregon is – from an aggressive standpoint, Oregon is probably the most aggressive recruiting staff. It's definitely in the in the conference, but 
I would say, top two or three in the country from an aggressive standpoint. And give kudos to them. They know how to recruit. They do a good job. They sell kids on their program. And um, and they sell kids on getting in the boat and everything. Oregon always, 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 always loses guys. Every year toward the end of the process. I'm not saying Washington's going to be able to get Troy Franklin or Maliki Matavao. But what I'm saying is it's not out of the realm of possibility. And I think I think they're right there with that with uh, Maliki and possibly flipping him. And I really think they're very close to getting Brock Bowers. It's down to Washington and Georgia at this point. And then there's a, then there's the kid that um, I'm drawing a blank on his last name right now. The kid, his first name is Shield. He's out of Louisiana that they just offered a couple weeks ago as a tight end. I really liked his film, and I think he could be a possibility as well. Does that leave any room for linebackers? Oh, boy. Defensive backs? Yeah, so defensive backs, they need two, They need at least one more defensive back, probably two. And the one linebacker that they'd take right now, if somebody wanted to jump in the boat, it's the only guy they're recruiting from an inside linebacker standpoint. And it's a familiar last name, Ethan Calvert. And it sounds like, okay, this is just the most recent information I've gotten. I can't tell you if this was purple glasses on or whatever, but the last information I got was that Washington is right in the middle of it with UCLA and that USC has kind of fallen by the wayside. I don't know if that is 100% true, but that's the information I was given. Scott dropping bombs on the podcast. Yes, I am. <laughs> Somebody's going to ask for a transcript of this. Uh, how late till you write all this up, Scott? Yeah, they can keep waiting. <clears throat> Our right. interns are busy. They're the ones who like that. And, and we don't do transcription of what we do here. Either listen or don't. Your choice. Yeah. Uh, coaches, it sounds like they're going to get a little bit of time off here coming up quick. They usually get quite a bit more time off in July, but it sounds like they're going to get a little bit of time coming time off coming up. Yeah, I would say probably about a week, maybe a week and a half. Um, they'll be the thing is they're coming back into the offices on July 13th, I believe, maybe 14th, whatever it is. Um, and uh, they'll actually be working from the offices and they'll be able to get to see some of these kids in person. With masks on, I'm sure, and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, I I think it – the you know, th- these kids are creatures of habit, and so are these coaches, and to be they, they need to be around each other and and get get used to each other, build that bond, continue building that bond that they've had for a long time. And it looks like Washington's really been kicking some serious butt in the classroom. What did they – they just got their highest t- team GPA ever? Yeah. Yep. What was it, a 326 or something like something that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, heck, they are kicking some serious butt. Plus, Washington just had the highest APR ever in recorded history for for that stat, a 999. So Washington's doing everything well right now. They just got to get ready. They got to find a quarterback. That's their big thing. That's their big thing this year. Find a quarterback. Everything else is starting to fall in place. Scott, it doesn't matter what you talk about. Everybody else is always going to bring up the recruit that you didn't talk about. Let's just put it at rest. 
if you didn't bring it up, there's just nothing really to talk about on certain guys that, you yeah. know, there's a time, there's times where things just keep the same and, you know, guys like JT, nothing has really changed. And some of the other guys, nothing has really changed. So, you know, it's, it's funny cause you could talk about a hundred guys and somebody would bring up. Why didn't you talk about this guy? Yeah. It's funny. Because there's nothing really going on with those yeah. guys. So anything- I don't we don't want to say there's nothing going on, but just not anything really new to report. You know, yeah. do, do you want to know that he had um, just a call with the Husky coaches and the Oregon State coaches and the Oregon coaches and the and the Wazoo? Co- I mean, I'm not going to do that. That yes. you're. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just not going to do that. There are sites out there that are just looking for page views and just, you know, writing nothing articles and updates where there are no updates to bring, you know, eyeballs to their site. But yeah, we got, we got better things. The biggest thing, Kim, is we all need to pray, have good thoughts, meditate, whatever you do. If you're not, if you're not into prayer, whatever it is, that there's a football season this year, because Lindsay and I already have a marriage counselor on retainer. If there isn't one. (laughs) I I have a wine cellar and you uh, know what? I don't is that charge. Your, that's your marriage counselor is your wine cellar. Well, yeah, you know, and you know, Scott, you don't need a wine uh, marriage counselor. You got me. Yeah, no. Cause Kim, your, your idea of marriage counseling is I'll let you hide out here for a little while. If you want, that was park in the garage. Nobody will know yeah. you're here. You just kind of yeah. hide you for a while. No, we'll I just, I, we'll, I we'll love just my wife. Watch old, I love my we'll just drink out. and watch old football games, Scott. I love my wife. I love my family. I'm not going to your, I'm not taking you up on your stuff. All right. Hey, just one more thing. I want to give a big shout out to KJR, who is now officially as of July 1, the home of the Huskies. We have to figure out our involvement. We will definitely be involved, but it sounds like we're going to have a bigger role at KJR, but uh, got to find out what's going on with football. So congrats to everybody at KJR, especially Ian and Puck, home of the Huskies. You guys got to love that. So. <laughs> Softy and and Dick are loving it, though. All right. Anything else, Scott? No, not right now. Um, You know, since there's no camps, it's going to be pretty much just same as usual. You know, I'm I'm calling kids. I'm doing I'm doing uh, I'm doing uh, blogs and things like that. There will not be a blog on Monday. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm not taking the weekend off, but it's a it's going to be a busy weekend. We've got family stuff we've got going on and everything. So. Probably consider, will not be a blog next week. Consider this your blog. Yes, this is. Well, I wouldn't completely say that, Kim. All right. There, there hey, might be something tomorrow. For all of us at Dogman.com, we appreciate all you guys. And just a reminder: if you're not already subscribed, if uh, you send us a note at huskystadium at gmail.com, we'll get you on the list. Subject line newsletter, and we'll get you on the list and uh, give you the breaking news alerts for football, basketball, and recruiting. So uh, for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Scott Eklund. Go dogs. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.